Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one, except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's the podcast that's the hamburger helper of the geek world. It tastes kind of yucky on its own, but with some protein, it's some mighty fine stuff. Guys of a certain age, Robbie Koblenz in studio alongside Jay Reed and not no, art. Not art, not art. How'd you like that little intro? That was pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, hamburger helper definitely rings nostalgic. Oh, man. A staple in my did, growing up years. How much hamburger helper did you eat in college? In college, not as much. We were kind of creative with our cooking, but yeah. But I have nothing against it. What was your go-to uh, if you're going to fix a meal in college to impress somebody? What was your What would your go-to? Oh, uh, we went all out. We we did steaks and uh, baked potatoes and baked beans, the whole nine yards. We had a uh, my roommate Daryl had another dish we do a lot. It was like barbecue chicken, and we'd have corn. Yeah, um, it was yeah. We we cooked. We really cooked. It's my roommate Daryl. My other roommate named Daryl. <laughs> You know the reference. Oh, uh, I got yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was Daryl and Lee, but uh, yeah, we, yeah, Daryl and Daryl. We had a big time. Yeah, cool. I, only, I, I lived in the dorm one year, and then from then on, it was apartments. So I, I never lived in the dorm. Okay, I never had the dorm experience. I lived in an apartment the entire or home because I went to the community college. For, well, I still have good friends that I met in the dorm, so yeah. I'm glad I got to do that. But I, I don't, I don't miss it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I hear from folks. They, they, they're glad they did it, but. Kind of glad. Well, get this. This is something that my kids can't figure out. But um, my dorm was an old building they kind of refurbished, but not refurbished to the extent of installing air conditioning. So I lived in an unair conditioned dorm oh. my freshman year. And we had heat, of course, but it was the old radiators in the corner. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, uh, and fans. We, we survived on fans. The humanity. Well, but see, I don't even think when I look back, I don't have bad memories of suffocating because you didn't know better. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we've gotten soft in our old age. Oh gosh, yes. Got to have uh, warm water and air conditioning now. You know, we're right. back in back in the day with the dorms. Yeah, so much. Well, that's kind of funny. That's so awesome, awesome, awesome. Of course, as opposed to today, which I'm thankful for air conditioning because it is. Still March, and it could still get cold again, but I'm wearing shorts and sweating still. Yeah, you are sweating. You're, My glasses are fogging yeah, up. Yeah, I see I that. I see that. <laughs> if it's, I take them off, I can't read what I wrote, though. Sometimes. Well, you know, it is what it is. So, All right, let's jump into some Geeks of the Week. I've got one. Have you got? I've got something. Yeah, I don't even know if I fully understand what I'm telling you, but I've got something. How is that different than normal? Yeah, yeah that's kind of the way the podcast the is built. Yep. So, All right, what you got? Well, there's two little tidbits of news from the Marvel Disney World, and one... Um, popped up this Bob Iger, you know, who's back as CEO says he's, this is from uh geek facts on Instagram has questioned the need to keep returning to existing characters. He's saying, you know, sequels work well, but what, you know, why third, why fourth movie and is encouraging or suggesting that maybe to go to new characters. Um, and one thing I read was like, you know, that might mean, you know, we're having to pay, more and more and sure. more for each extra movie. This person's continuing and, you know, paying for the cameo or whatever in the other movies. So maybe if we go to new characters, it'll be a lesser known actor and, you know, not a lot of, not as much well, writing on it, maybe. So, and I also think that uh, Disney was somewhat disappointed in the uh, box office for Quantum Mania. I read that, yeah. And, I, you know, I enjoyed Quantum Mania, but I mean, we've, we've talked about Marvel fatigue here before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's part of it. 
You know, you're you're not getting, and we saw the same thing with Pixar. You know, used to be a Pixar movie was an event. You went to a Pixar, yeah, movie. for sure. Then after oh, Cars or what have you, I can't remember. Um, it just became a little bit more commonplace. And I think now superheroes are pretty commonplace. You know, that's a good point with Cars because they did like a Cars two, and then they had Cars TV, yeah. almost just like the Marvel stuff where they've had the movies and then the the break off Loki and that sort of thing going yeah. into the TV. So that, that's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. So all I right. kind of miss that. I kind of miss the Pixar now. Yeah, as an event, I absolutely miss because it used to be you would be there opening night, uh-huh. and and the the. The storytelling was phenomenal, and it's not bad now, but I do think when John Lasseter left, they lost, he was the closest thing to Walt Disney, Hmm. walking the face of the earth, and I think they lost something when John Lasseter um, was forced to leave because of inappropriate behavior. Oh, okay. Yeah. So So he was a Pixar? He was good. Yeah, he was was a guy who, who started, well, Steve Jobs started it, but he was... He and Ed Catmull were were the originators of Pixar, but Lasseter was the chief creative. Okay. And I remember reading some stuff where, you know, they would not be afraid, Pixar as a studio would not be afraid to strip a story back down to bare parts and start again mm-hmm. um, to get the best possible story. And the last few stories quite haven't been... Mm-hmm. The movies, and I don't think, have been quite as memorable. So, But that's just me. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I still like to watch them, but like I started watching, is it Encantos or Los Encantos? Yeah. Whatever the last one was. And, you know, I started, it was enjoyable, but I, did, but I fell asleep and I never went back. Yeah. And so that it's definitely not the Toy Story kind of uh, even up, you know, those kind of things that are iconic. It did kind of, and I liked Cars, yeah. the first one, but, you know, I didn't follow it much after that. The opening 10 minutes of Up is some of the most incredible storytelling with no script I've ever seen. Hmm. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and we've talked about it before. The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever. I've heard you ever say that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I just, uh, The Incredibles, not only is probably, is, it's one of my favorite movies of all time because it's just, man, it is it is so good. So, but anyway. Okay. So then, then the other bit from Marvel, and I don't know this person, but I just, it seemed to be big news. So I thought I'd throw it out there. Victoria Alonso. Yes. Was this wasn't your geek, was it? No, um, but it could have been president. I mean, she had a big title president of post production and half a dozen other th- other things. Um, president of physical production, post production, VFX, and animation uh, was let go. And apparently, she, you know, at least from what I have read, they haven't said what the reason was. And you may have seen that, but um, it, there was some chatter about the grueling post-production schedule that Marvel put on, you know, the artists that were doing that work. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it because other, others kind of praised her. So it's kind of a mystery of why she was let go unless something's come out since I read it last night. But um, well, she, well, she was there before Disney bought it. So she's been there a long time. So it was her and uh, Kevin Feige and who's the other executive producer. I cannot remember his name. I'm looking for it right now. Uh, who were there from the get go from when they were, they were, their Marvel Studios offices were above a Jaguar dealership, I believe. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's pretty shocking. Kevin Feige is the guy who gets all the pub, but she was just as involved and as important as um, as he was. And, you know, it's just, man, um, I saw that. I, 
I mean, is I mean, that a was part she, of the, was she let go? Did she quit? I mean, what? I haven't followed the story. In well, a the first of days. thing I read made it sound like like she left, but then in the article in Variety I'm, seems I'm to say at that, that she's uh, that she was let go. Yeah, but they're not talking about why. Well, Marvel is infamous for being pretty. I don't want to say brutal, but the video effects houses get pushed really, really hard. That's that's kind of what I was reading. And, and what's happened in that whole industry, and there's there's going to be a reckoning in that industry. We, we've seen it for the, I mean, I've tracked it for the past 20 years since I've done animation and After Effects work. What has happened is you, you go in and you bid, we can do X amount of effects for this movie for X amount mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a company. Well, the studio comes back and says, okay, we can, you know, that's great. We accept your bid, but the changes are almost endless. The change Mm. orders are endless and, um, you get driven to unreasonable deadlines because you're against hard deadlines to get that movie out to theaters. Right. And there's so many other steps in between and it just becomes brutal. You get artists, effects artists are asked for more and more and more time without being compensated for overtime. I mean, that was mentioned. Yeah. Being there all night to get it so it can render so we can get it delivered. Um, it has been a race to the bottom And as effects houses around the world have opened with lower per hour wages, uh, lower cost of living. And Mm -hmm. I'm talking, you know, Southeast Asia, what have you that do great work. They, those bid prices push the U.S. and Canadian-based pricing down that mm-hmm. they've got to compete with it, and it's just brutal. What well, does that have to do with like you when you when you stay for the whole credits now to see the last credit scene, and you see you all know, those a dozen houses. different yeah. effects houses, and and like you said, a lot of the names are clearly not American-based names, sure, or U.S.-based. And so, one effects house may do say they do clouds really well Mm. so or they do they do particles with with water or they do explosions really well whatever Mm -hmm. a lot of these effects houses they'll either farm usually what they'll do is they'll farm out a particular scene because the scene's so um so intricate so you may have a a 60 second fight scene Mm -hmm. in an avengers movie that 500 people worked on Wow, so that's just you know mind-boggling to me. It, it's pretty incredible, and so the the infrastructure cost alone for the computers, software is not bad, but I mean it's a lot more affordable now. Mm-hmm. But just the the hardware, the what we call the big iron cost, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just crazy because you've got to buy the latest um, processors, the latest uh, video cards to right. get the most acceleration possible so anyway it's it's nuts and um so maybe there were i don't know i mean this is going to be interesting to see what comes out from from her dismissal yeah um she take her place or do they revamp things it's a it's a vital i mean you know it seemed like a pretty important role i mean that's that's a huge part of any Marvel movie. And so I'm, I'm sitting here reading the Variety article. Uh, over 17 years, she's been a fixture under Chief Creative Officer Kevin Feige, standing behind, besides Kevin's, beside Feige's right hand and co-president Louis D'Esposito. Mm-hmm. That's the other executive producer who's okay. been there. Um, anyway, she's... She was very, very vital. I'm sure more will come out later. But well, they, they've lost her. They've lost James Gunn. 
it's it's interesting. We're going to see this phase five, phase six of the Marvel Universe. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, maybe they'll spread it out a little bit. I think that was one of the things that. Well, it's a it's just it's gigantic, and one person can't do it alone. Oh gosh! So yeah. I mean, it's really really difficult. So, well, my geek was that was that it That's for it. your That's geekage? It. Yep. So my geek stays in the uh, Marvel Universe, and it was a little set detail from uh, the new Daredevil series that's filming, Born Again, Daredevil Born Again. It's supposed to uh, hit next year, and uh, so it was a set photo that was kind of cool, a little BTS action. There's a there's a um, uh, bulletin board in the shot, and it is dated, uh, let's see if I can find it, it's dated March 15, 2020, so... There's speculation that Daredevil is going to take place during the blip after Thanos has blipped everybody out before they come back in, in mm. Endgame. So this is going to jump in somewhere in in that part of the Marvel Universe. Um, so we don't know whether Christian Ritter is coming back as Jessica Jones or what's-his-face who plays Nick Cage. They have kind of teased that they're getting in shape for mm-hmm. something be great if they came back we know that uh vincent d'ofrio was coming back as uh as kingpin, kingpin. i think i got his name right kingpin we'll, we'll assume so yeah well you know <laughs> art's not here to tell me what i did wrong um so anyway that's it's kind of fascinating mm-hmm. i'm really looking forward to that series um you know it seems to be a continuation of the daredevil we saw in the netflix um I really like Charlie Cox in that role. So yeah. Now, have you seen? I've I've seen a little bit, but no confirmation. The his law partner and then the secretary yeah. are they going to be back? I, no one knows. Okay. I don't think those actors have been under contract yet, but there's still there may be cameos later I mean, on. I haven't watched all the seasons, but what I watched, I thought they were key. Yeah. You know, components. I don't think it. I ever finished season three. Um, but season one and season two are great. Yeah, that's so, what I. You know. And you know, just just to mention the calendar, we were at or we were at uh, Universal Islands of Adventure um, this past week, and our main purpose of going was Harry Potter World. Melissa's really into it, and um, she's an occultist. Just, she's she's into, really into magic. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's kind of a thing. So before we left, she watched all the movies again. And then we did the world, and then now she's watching them again. And one of the cool things is she noticed things like we went, we had uh, lunch at the Three Broomsticks, and she was like pointing out, okay, there's the maid's cart. And then she showed me the maid's cart in the movie last night. Oh, cool. And there was another thing in Hogwarts, in the castle, where it had these basically just four tubes with different color uh, rocks inside all different levels. And I didn't know what it was. And they said, oh, that's the, the standings between the four houses. Ah. And she saw that in another movie. So, I really appreciate, I mean, Harry Potter does it, Hogwarts does it, or whatever, Universal. And that's one of the things that I think Marvel, and and even DC, uh, but Marvel especially, do really well, is to have that kind of um, backdrop stuff that the true fans will see and notice, and and it'll mean something to them. Yeah. Even Lauren, we were going through the, the Spider-Man was kind of one of these virtual rides where you put the goggles on, and you ride around, and there's a lot of screens, and... uh, Twice Stan Lee pops up in, uh, in the Spider Man ride. And I, I turned to Lauren and said, Oh, that's Stan Lee. She goes, I know, I saw him. I saw him. <laughs> so she even knew about that. So that was kind of cool. That's fun. I haven't been to Universal in years. It was a lot of fun. 25 years. Do they still have the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror? That is at Disney. That's why I said you heard me wrong. 
<laughs> so I haven't been to Disney in 25 years. I may have never been to Universal. Well, Universal, we enjoyed immensely. There was a, I wouldn't spend as much time in superhero land as, as I probably normally would have, but uh, a lot of time in, let's see, Hogsmeade is in that park. Yeah. Uh, Diagon Alley is in the other park. Um, and then we, the, they have a Jurassic Park, park. area and, uh, they had a Velocicoaster. So that's one of the Ooh. best roller coasters I've ever been on. And then Hagrid, the Hagrid has a ride and it's a really cool roller coaster as well. So we had a big time, but I'm, yeah. I'm whooped. Yeah, you look whooped. Okay, let's take a break so you can catch your breath. Let's talk social media platforms up next. And we're back, guys of a certain age. We're artless this week, which means we are J-full. I like that. J-full and artless. I think I just made up a new J-full, word. J-full, J-full, we adore thee. Wow. Wait till you hear last week's episode, which hasn't dropped yet. But you can't listen to the last half because it's a spoiler for Last of Us. Oh, that's, that's well, I'm not caught up on that. Yeah, you don't need to listen. It's to been that. a big week. I mean, the last couple of weeks with uh, Mandalorian back and Ted Lasso back. Yeah. It's kind of interrupted my... Uh, my Last of Us schedule, <laughs> your your regular life, right? So we've got a we've only seen the first episode of Lasso, so we've got to uh, we've got to catch up on this week's. Now I've seen all the Mandalorian, so yeah, I'm more behind on that because we yeah. traveled and I missed it. But yeah, you can download it to your. I thought about that. Just it, it was a time thing, not a downloading I, thing. I tell you, I'm watching something on Hulu. You might have watched, uh, but you should watch if you haven't. It's called The Bear. Okay. It's a, I'm getting a quizzical look. So it dropped last summer and I heard a little bit about it. It is about a, um, uh, Oh, the kitchen thing in yeah, Chicago, the, right? The James Beard award winning chef who comes back, uh, um, you know, and said, Hey, you know, I've got to come in and my brother has died. Like a family restaurant. Took yeah. Over. It's yeah. a, uh, it's a kind of a fast food Chicago Italian style beef mm-hmm. restaurant, completely different than what he had. So, right. But anyway, it, I've I, heard about it. I've heard I, some interesting things about that. I've seen the first two episodes. They're pretty good. Okay. So, check so. that out. Yes, Chef. And somewhere along the way. Yes, Chef. Yeah. Busy I think you would jump into it immediately and uh, would really, really enjoy it quite a bit. Okay. So, but anyway. Get on the to-do list, to watch list. There you go. There you go. So let's talk social media platforms. So as I'm scrolling through Twitter at this point, so what? Uh, this was your idea, Jay. What were your questions for me and for yourself that you can answer? We know we've talked about streaming platforms and what we use and what we don't and how we use them. And so I thought, well, social media, we've never really talked about. So... What what are the ones? Okay, let's think. There's there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter. That's probably the big three, maybe. Yeah. Then TikTok. Um, TikTok is out there. Um, Snapchat. Snapchat, because that's probably actually the big five right now. Right down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some folks consider YouTube a social media platform. I was wondering about that. Yeah, is that kinda, considered entertainment or a little bit of both? Do people really message through that? Yeah. Well, no, they don't or interact but, as much. Yeah, I guess but, it could. So what what is like what's your top one? What do you use the most? Uh you know, I do I, I like Twitter a lot. I find myself and I think I'm in the demographic for Twitter. I find myself uh scrolling through Twitter because that's where I've got my professional list set up. So I'm looking for information dealing with video production, cinematography, uh, a little bit of geek culture, uh and some of my uh likes. Like I'm a huge YouTube fan. There's a Mm-hmm. Something rolling right now from YouTube, auto playing on my Twitter scroll. So I will find myself hitting Twitter mm, 
eight, ten times a day. Wow. And I remember when Twitter, I mean, and to me, the, the, the Twitter app as I pick up my phone was like the perfect mobile app. It allowed you, that's how Twitter became huge is they had such a great app and you were limited to um, 140 characters mm -hmm. and you had to keep it pithy. You had to keep it short. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I still find myself uh, hitting Twitter quite a bit. You know, there was a lot of angst about Elon Musk buying it and it just, you know, going to heck in a handbasket. Um, I'm using it for professional. I was wondering, is it more professional or personal? Yeah, it's not personal. I'm not going to put my personal opinions on Twitter. I have no interest in that. This is a professional platform for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, guys, at the end of the day, if you're looking for, um, if you're relying upon a social media platform for personal edification, then you probably need to go talk to somebody about something. I mean, if someone disagrees with me on a message board or Twitter or Facebook, then yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't really, don't really care. I, that's kind of where I've, I've become. So, you know, and see, and I, I think Twitter was my first thing to, to download my first social media, but, and I liked it at the beginning because people were nice. Uh, in the beginning. Oh, in the beginning that are always. And then I got, it got to where I would open it up in the morning, like as soon as I got up and I would just get upset or angry or depressed um, just because of the stupid stuff people were saying. And maybe I'm following the wrong people, but I eventually, I'll check it every now and then. And the way I've got my, like I'll mostly use Instagram. So I've got Instagram set up though, that whatever I post there, a lot of times we'll go to Twitter and Facebook automatically. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm still there, but I'm not really checking it maybe once a week, if that. Um, yeah. Unless somebody says, hey, I saw, saw this on Twitter. Like Jacob texted me the other day to say, hey, so-and-so is leaving you know, leaving this, this school. And I said, well, what happened? He said, well, go to her Twitter page. So some people really use it for information and for sharing you know, big things about their jobs, their life. And, um, and that's great. And that's where I, and I go specifically to find that information. Yeah. But I don't, I don't scroll it. Whereas Instagram, I'll just scroll and scroll and scroll till I, you know. And, you know, I don't do much on Instagram personally because I babysit the Dolce and Luva Instagram accounts. Mm -hmm. um, but I will use those for more. Hey, this is the bagels we've got. This is what we're doing. This is right. cool things. You know. Well, I've noticed that. I mean, I realized I, I definitely see that. And I yeah. didn't know if you were yeah. doing all that or not, but. Yeah. And I mean, you've tagged me on stuff on Instagram or sent me, um, send me, uh, uh links on Reels Instagram. Right, yeah. yeah. And I don't see them because I've never logged into that Instagram account mm -hmm. because I'm always on the, right, the right. or, or Luva accounts. Um, well, what about Facebook for you? Facebook, I think is always going to be there for me. I don't look at it as much It's probably my number two, uh, Instagram being number one and Facebook would be number two. I'll, Again, that's where I have the most, not, I guess it's friends on Facebook, right? Not followers. So Friends on um, Facebook. So I probably have the most friends there than anywhere. So if I want to find out about what's going on with somebody or figure out what, you know, if I'm fixing to go visit somebody and I've forgotten somebody's kid's name, you know, I'll go down and look for that kind of stuff. It's a good source of information. It's a good source of connection, but I, I just can't scroll there and you know spend a lot of time because it's another it's a, it's a real rabbit hole yeah yeah but i'm glad it's there i don't think it'll go away and i've talked to or listened to other 
podcasts and internet gurus and writers talk about, you know, how important it is, even though, you know, it's really important to my mother. I mean, Mrs. Reed oh. is very much on Facebook. And, oh, yes, she is. And, um, you know, very active, and that's great. And so I just ask her if I need, if I need to know something from oh, there. That's funny. Or that's she'll funny. send me something, I'll go. But, yeah. But I'm not, uh, but on Instagram, I, you know, I don't know what it is about it, but it just, it's just more user friendly for me. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. So what about Snapchat or TikTok? Snapchat I have. And the main reason I have it is because I pretty much, I was the dad who said, okay, you can have this social media, but you got to be my friend. Yeah. I'm going to have it too. And if you ever unlock me or lock me out of this, then you're done. You yeah. know, you're, you're, yeah. you don't then have I'm it gonna, either. You lock me out. I'm locking you in. Right. Yeah. So I have it. Um, but I rarely use it. Some people will send me stuff every now and then, maybe send a message. Um, when I'm really, really bored, I'll use the filters and take pictures and send them to my kids and me, I mean, a, you know, weird face or whatever. Yeah. But it's not something that I, that I use. And TikTok, I don't even have. Yeah. I've got TikTok, but again, it's for Dolce. We'd started some stuff on Dolce. Okay. And I just never, we've never done anything with it, to be honest. Um, and, I've never downloaded Snapchat at all. No well, interest to me, whatsoever. TikTok is, you know, I can go to Instagram and watch Reels, and it's pretty much the same thing. A lot of them are posted to both places. So the people they that I'm now. following, yeah, I'm seeing the same stuff that I would see on TikTok, and, you know, I don't need another rabbit hole to go down. And I don't want China to have all my... Well, and that's, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know how serious that is, but... The whole privacy issue. I mean, the uh, CEO of TikTok appeared before Congress this week as we're recording this. I saw his he, name, but... He got grilled pretty hard because there's, there's the concern that they are turning over privacy data to the government for intelligence gathering. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know 98% of the people who use TikTok could care less, but... There are some privacy concerns, and we've talked about this before. None of these social media platforms are truly free. The currency is your data that you're giving them, mm -hmm. you know, and how the cookies embed on your mobile device, and it just starts to reflect everything. That's why if you pause too long on a scroll down on an autoplay ad in Facebook for shoes, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're seeing shoes everywhere across your social or if media. you just say the word i want to buy shoes then it pops up as well you know that's creepy mm -hmm. that's super, after, super it, creepy yeah but. so so there's that so we've we've given away any pretense of of privacy yeah so yeah um and i just think snapchat is probably for me is probably you know one step too far well so. what snapchat one thing that bothered me when my kids were younger now, it's not a big deal and they don't do it, but like I've got at least one friend that I can look on Snapchat and I can tell where he is at any time during the day. Yep. And I don't need to know that. And I certainly don't want you to know that, you know, you in general, I don't want that to be out there for people to see. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's some scary things. Um, and for kids, I've, you know, I've talked to people who said, well, so my daughter was, um, you know, left out of a, a, a group there and she could see on Snapchat that all of her friends were at one place. She mm -hmm. was not there. And, you know, before, uh, I think it was Johnny kept talking about this before we had that, you would not have the, the emotions <laughs> that come with that. But now it, it's just, yeah, I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole of, but of yeah. kids and social stuff, but, uh, that's valid. That's absolutely valid. Yeah. So, but I'd use it for fun. Instagram for me is fun. There might be some information 
if I want, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I want to see what the special is. If they've got it posted, I'll look there. You know, I follow a lot of restaurants and food people who are nowhere near here and I will probably never visit, but it's still fascinating. And, you know, I'm going to grab a recipe or something. Um, you know, but I'm the guy who takes the picture of his food. Yes, you are. If you don't want to watch it, that's fine. Don't follow me. But, um, that's fun for me. Yeah. Uh, it's fun for me to see other people's too, you know? And so that's, that's what a lot of my, uh, you know, if you go to my search window, it's, it's junk food, uh, all the different ice creams coming out and all that kind of stuff. It's food porn. Sorry, Mrs. (laughs) Reed, but that's the term. It's, that is the term. Yes. Well, what about any other social media, maybe not application specific? I mean, do you, um, like I'll hit some sports message boards that are Mississippi State sports. Now I won't post, so I just, I lurk. Um, but are there any other internet, internet-based um, platforms that you use? Do you, do you hit LinkedIn much? Do you? I don't have a LinkedIn profile right now. I, I, really? I, I've been meaning to do it and just, I was kind of like waiting for, Till I got this or that thing done, and because uh, I was going to use it more, I don't really need that for my day job for pharmacy, but for my writing and and other other things in the creative side, that's what I wanted to put out there, and I just haven't got it organized. I probably just need to do it and see what happens. Yeah. Um. But that's it's it's on my to do list. Um. I do. We used Marco Polo for a while. Have you ever used that? I've heard of it. I've never used it. No. It's a video messaging thing. Oh, I, I know what it is. So yeah. So, but it was fun, you know, with the kids because they were at school, and we could send them, you know, just a video message. And I mean, it, to say that it was better than a text or whatever is hard to say, but it was just fun. Yeah. Um, and you could show, hey, we're going down the road, and you know, we're here's the seed that we're seeing or whatever, and you you could share it a little quicker and easier that way. So that was fun. We don't, we hardly ever, if I send a Marco Polo now to one of my kids, I have to text them to tell them to check their Marco Polo. That's <laughs> so hilarious. It's kind of a, a backwards way of doing it. I'm trying to think. Um, you remember Vine, right? Which Twitter had Vine. That was the six second video. Uh, <laughs> I remember the name. Never, yeah. never used it. And that kind of evolved into reels and, you know, everybody's kind of done a version of the same thing, right, you right. know, but yeah. There's something called Locket too. I'm not um, familiar with that. Um, Lauren got me to get it, and basically she, she um, it's a it's a photo thing, and it stays on your on your homepage, or I think on mine it's my second page, just because I didn't know how to put it in the first one. But it was uh, it's just exchanging pictures, but not like Instagram. You just snap a photo, and the photo goes to the other person, and that's what stays there until the next photo comes up. Yeah. So we'll just send random random stuff every now and then. It's just a another way to stay in touch but it's not a and you can send messages with the picture yeah or you can respond it you know, so another of the 19 ways i can reach somebody if i need to you know it's it's we expect instantaneous um communication now and i i do get frustrated with with bonnie or the kids that if i'm trying to reach them via text you know i'll text there's nothing I'll call. There's nothing, you know, especially when it's, it's not like life shattering urgent, but I need to know an answer to mm-hmm. this. And I do find myself getting frustrated, probably undeservedly. So, uh, you definitely know. come to depend on it and have higher expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before, if you sent me a text and I didn't see it till the next day, I mean, I, 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 there are people that I text that I know if I need to really get them, I need to 
call them or whatever. You know, yeah. if I need a, a an immediate answer, I, I'm going to have to find another way to <laughs> to get a hold of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so at the end of the day, Instagram's your number one. Yep. Probably Twitter than Facebook. Facebook's your number two. Probably Facebook's number two, and then I mean Twitter's there, but not looked at. And uh, so we need to ask Art next week what his his number one, number two. Let's see what I have in my because I've got them all gathered here. So Snapchat is there, but and then we have Next Door. Do you are you on Next Door? You know, I, yeah, yeah, I have a Next Door account, and to me, oh my goodness, I don't have the Next Door app. I will get uh, email summaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, pertinent and sometimes I'll wait on, but man, that devolves into a civil war in a heartbeat. <laughs> really? You know, you're right. I mean, I, yeah. Every now and then it's interesting. Like, you know, if the power goes out, then I know the powers. Yeah. Know, if I'm not home, at least I know what's going on, but, or somebody may have called the power guy and say he's on the way. And that's helpful at sometimes, but it does sometimes devolve into neighborhood arguments about. Well, whether you should be picking up the dog poop or not or whatever. <laughs> well, you know, I saw when 44 Prime, a higher-end steakhouse, opened here um, about a year and a half ago, there was a massive discussion on the next door about whether Startville could support it. And there were people just saying, how dare they offer a meal, a steak for $45? No one's going to buy that. No, I mean, the audacity of you offering something that I can't afford and I don't think anybody else should afford. And that's what it... It, that's what it devolved to is this, I don't like it, so therefore you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I get so sick of that. If you don't like it, don't walk in. Yeah, and I don't know if it was that conversation or a parallel one about, you know, well, why is such and such a restaurant opening when what we really need that's right. is an Olive Garden or uh, well, whatever, you know, whatever, fill well, in the blank. If you really want it, why don't you go open one yourself? <laughs> you know, I mean... At the end of the day, there are reasons why we don't have a Target or an Olive Garden or a Dead Lobster, mm-hmm. you know, because the demographics and the don't support it. And so now we're going down the rabbit hole. Well, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, but if everybody just did what you and I said and art, we'd be it'd be a much better place. It, it? Would, it would be different for sure. <laughs> All right. And better. Yes, better. Yes. On that note, it just may be me back next week. So, (laughs) all right. We're going to let you go. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time around.